Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Ruck Up Buttercup! Ruck Up Buttercup podcast can be found on all your favorite streaming locations. As well, we are now available on Reese Across America Radio on Fridays at 11 p.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find Reese Across America Radio on the iHeartRadio app, the Odyssey app, and the TuneIn app. Just search the word re. Can't wait to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruck Up Buttercup. We are excited to see you guys again. And today we have a guest with us. We have Tara Brown. Um, we are going to be talking about military kids overseas and the experience that they get from that and kind of the challenges and difficulties that also come along with being in another country, living in another country with your kids. So I'm going to go ahead and let Tara introduce herself a little bit and tell us a little bit about her military experience, and then we'll get into it. Hi, guys. I'm Tara. Um, I met my husband, gosh, I guess like 17 years ago now. We met in college. Uh, he was a cadet. I was there on the civilian side. Um we have been married next month will be 14 years. We have a 13-year-old son, an 11-year-old daughter. Uh, this is our ninth base. Uh, so it's been a very wild ride, but we we love the the challenge of the life and we love the adventure of it. So we're gonna stick around a little longer. Yeah, I feel like once you get past like that first five years, you're like, oh, I can I can handle changing the first couple duty stations after you've done them. You're like, oh, okay. I don't know. I felt like after the second duty station, I was like, okay, we've been here too long. Like it's time for us to move. <laughs> we need to do it's time for a new change. <laughs> I very much get like that. And all of ours have only been two years at each place until our last round at Fort Bragg. And it was three years. So at like that like year and a half mark, I get, I get like the itch. I'm like, where are we going? What are we doing? Like, oh, we're not going anywhere. What? Yeah. So retirement yeah. life should be a shock to the system. Really weird. Yeah. Say, <laughs> I ended up at Bragg for seven years, but it's because he got out, and so then we were doing like the civilian side. We totally could have moved sooner. Like now that I know how the contracts work, I was like, dang, we should. Why did we stay for so long? But like. Uh, yeah, it does feel weird because we can. So that was really weird for us to stay in one place for seven years. I think in most of my life, my husband or my dad and everybody weren't military, but we just kind of moved a lot when we were younger. And so like, I still also had that like, oh, we have been here way too long, <laughs> but we did end up moving within <laughs> Bragg. We moved across like to the, a different town because I was like, okay, I don't want to live out here anymore. We need a new house. And then we lived in it for like nine months, which was awesome. So <laughs> Yeah, growing up military and being a military spouse, like I always get that itch. And I was like, when we were at Bragg before we moved here to Virginia, I was like, we've been here for four years. Why are we still like, why, what are we doing? What's going on? Um, but I honestly didn't mind it as much because I did move a lot as a kid, more than, more than normal. So that was, uh, it was nice to have a little bit of stability, even though it, I guess it really wasn't stable though, because we were dealing with all the rapid deployments. So I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Just a different version. Like at I least your, your home was home, right? Like it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I say that, but I moved three times. In the <laughs> Same. No, wait. One. In. No, no, no. One. 
to yeah three times within the four years that blows my mind now that I think about it I can't believe we had to do that <laughs> I remember watching my civilian neighbors move they had lived in their house next to us at Bragg for like eight years and just watching all of the things that they accumulated over those eight years I was like what is that how why do you still have all that I'm like oh wait I move too often to keep things like that but it was just it was like a science experiment to sit yeah. and watch what a normal person's move looks like well I feel like that's me watching TikTok and people like decluttering their houses and they're like <laughs> well I haven't seen this has been in the closet for 15 years I'm like what <laughs> I see everything every couple of years and get rid of it. Like, what is wrong with you? I, I was, that's one of my goals for January is to go through my closet again. Even though I just moved here and I just went through my closet, I was like, I have too much stuff. This needs to all go. Like all of it needs to go because it's, it's just too much. And I'm like, how do I have this much stuff when I already just went through it? I mean, I got rid of a lot before we moved here. And I can't I feel like believe you I... just you definitely just accumulate. Like even now, we we moved in here. I mean, you know how much we decluttered actually before yeah. we moved. Like almost all of our you stuff. You guys got rid of a lot. <laughs> but yeah, at least rid of 60, 70 percent of our stuff. And I'm like, now we're filling this four story house. Like, what is wrong? But also, I don't feel like we bought that much stuff. I think we've just managed to like it's all got homes and it's kind of spread out into the spaces. But I'm just like, what happened? But you do you you accumulate so much stuff because when we lived in that house at Bragg for six years we had to have a garage sale before we moved out of it to the new house and we had our like half of our yard full of junk and we ended up just some guy came afterwards and just took all of it and then when we moved to the house in Pinehurst when we moved out of there we still had another massive garage sale so we could downsize to move to Germany it's like geez where did we get all this stuff we did um we did I don't like keep much stuff but I realized I like got all in my feelings this year when my daughter was wanting to get rid of all her baby doll stuff and I was like no I am not ready like I can't part with this yet I want to save something for potentially grandchildren later I have nothing to pass down and have them play with of their parents and so uh, I have a feeling after this move my husband's gonna go down to that basement like wait why do we have all this still I'm just gonna be like, just look away, look away. Yeah, when we moved here, it's so we, we definitely had like a collection of stuff. So we didn't sell everything, but we stuck a lot at his parents' house in their basement because I was like, but we need to keep some things because, like you're saying, yeah, I have some memories and stuff to keep. Like I would definitely like we have so many books back here behind us that are kids' books, but some of them are well out of my children do not need to be reading anymore. Like they're in that like level one reader type books from like. But I do want to have a library when I'm older and have grandkids over, like you're saying, where, that they'll be able to sit and read some books. And so it's like, what do you keep? What do you don't keep? Because moving gets expensive, too, um, especially on the civilian side. We only get a certain amount of weight. And if it's over, we personally pay a lot of money. And so it's like, uh, I don't want to keep too much stuff, but we're kind of stuck. So it's a weird lifestyle. I, I feel like it's weird, yeah. especially when you move international, because it definitely makes a huge difference on like what you can and can't bring. Um, vehicles and stuff was a big thing that when we got orders is like, are our cars up to what they're going to expect? Um, also, do we want to bring these cars? Because we know how large parking spots are here, which they're not. So it was like, we definitely also had to sell our cars because we were like, we're not bringing a Tacoma and a huge long, whatever the car we had before was. Like, they're just not going to fit. They're not going to work. So that was one of the first things yeah. of getting orders overseas was like, get rid of stuff, everything. Yeah, my my husband's, uh, his baby 
his Jeep Wrangler is with my parents right now. It just, it needed, it's lifted and it just needed too many modifications to bring over. Uh, so he is, I think I hear about it at least twice a week of how much he misses his Jeep. Yeah. Every time we go it just on wasn't base. worth it to bring it over. No, every time we go on base and you like see the like one or two other Tacomas, he's like, well, see, he has one. I'm like, also, he probably never goes anywhere. <laughs> he's like a single soldier that like doesn't drive anywhere. But okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's fine on base, but we don't live on base. So that's going to be an issue. I know. I could imagine my minivan in, in town. Yeah. Like where you live. We, There's no way. We had a minivan when we lived overseas for the very first time we were stationed overseas. And um yeah people definitely know you were American Um, we actually did we actually actually um had a really scary incident with it right after 9-11 um when we were traveling but um that's a that's a story for another time I think after that incident when we moved when we came back overseas my parents we didn't bring our vehicles with us and we actually ended up purchasing like BMWs or Volkswagen, I can't, we, Volkswagen, I think is what we actually ended up getting, um, because they, they didn't want us to stick out, like we yeah. had previously before. It's so funny to me that when we live here, that I know, like, we don't get the same briefings as civilians as we did as a military, but we did when we were here last time, um, but, like, don't put stickers on your car, and, like, you know, all the things to, like, kind of keep yourselves under, and I don't know if that's still, like, something they're doing at briefings when people come in but there's still so many people that drive around with, like football stickers and stuff on the car you're immediately you're like everybody knows I mean, who you are <laughs> I mean you it's gonna depend on I mean if you're traveling it's gonna be different because I mean even if you are living on on the installation and you have those vehicles that are you know very American um you know Toyota Ford you shouldn't have that big of an issue but like if you travel I mean we were traveling from um a wedding um a friend of ours um got married in um Holland and we were we were actually followed for several hours and we were in a minivan and so um which you don't you don't really see minivans often overseas and so it was definitely a scary thing and we didn't have stickers or anything like that it was just because we were in a Dodge Caravan an obvious vehicle um, yeah yeah so um, but that's that's even stateside though. Like, don't advertise your military spouse and things like that. Like, you know, we we've talked about that before. So, um, I definitely think you have to use your best care- judge of characters because there are. I mean, that's stateside overseas. You're gonna have people who are out to get to you if that's their intent. Yeah, I think over here you just have to realize it is so much closer. Like, it doesn't look like it's that close on a map, but you, I mean, you could drive to the Middle Eastern region from here and you really could so it's just keeping yourself safe in that sense but um so another thing like when you get orders here is how is that going to affect my kid I mean that's what we're talking about like if you've never been to a foreign country I know my first time we moved here I was pregnant and it's like the thought of like I don't even know how to have a baby but the concept of I'm gonna have a baby in a foreign country with people who are speaking German at me it, it was very overwhelming I, the very first, when we got orders to go overseas, it was the very first time I ever flew on an airplane. Um, so my very first flight was going to be from the East coast to Germany. And I was just like, I was excited, but I was also nervous at the same time. Cause I'm one, like when I was a kid, I'm, I'm not 
as much that way anymore. But when I was a kid, I was always like, worst possible scenario is going to happen. Like I had such a vivid imagination and, um, and it was one of those things where I was like, what's going to happen? Like I've gone on this airplane we're going over the ocean. Like I couldn't even like drive over a bridge over the ocean as a kid without like freaking out. So I was like, what's going to happen on this airplane? And, but it, it, it was great. Um, it was definitely an experience and I went over middle school. So I was in sixth grade when I first moved over to Europe. And so I was definitely like, you know, more aware of like the travel time, you know, the new experiencing experience and things like that. Um, I can remember being upset leaving my friends, but I was also really excited just to go somewhere new. Yeah, is it, I thought it was most interesting was the perception. Like we're taught a certain thing about countries, specifically like Germany, you learn a lot of history and it's negative. It's negative perception of like what it is. And so when you're moving here, you're kind of like, I have no idea what to expect. Like, is it going to be crazy people? <laughs> like, what is this place we're moving to? Because I didn't know anything about it. I'd never, and you see pictures, but it, I feel like when we moved here in 2012, you we didn't like do that massive amount of research as far as like what the country looks like or anything. Yeah, I don't even remember actually talking about moving to Germany before we moved to Germany, like if that makes sense. <laughs> just like, oh, um, surprise. So I actually had a conversation with my dad about that a couple weeks ago because I guess we weren't supposed to go to Germany. Like we were supposed to go, we were supposed to go somewhere else. And it like, it was one of those typical army, like, hey, you're not going there anymore. You're going to go to Germany and then we're going to deploy you as soon as you get there um, type of scenario, which is exactly what happened with my, when we got there, um, my dad actually went first. Um, like he was gone already by when we got there, um, like him and my mom went, my mom flew back to get us from my grandparents. And um, when we got there, my dad had already deployed to Kosovo. And um, it was one of those things where we got to the installation and we moved to a house and because it was such a quick turnaround move, our stuff would had already was going to the other location. Like that's where it was. So we had like nothing for like four and a half months. Like we had the, the, um, the furniture you can rent from the installation um, for like four and a half months. Like I remember sleeping in this like little sleeping bag because we had like no, um, uh, cause my mom's like, I'm not, well, A, we were a younger military family. So she's like, I, we don't have the money to go and buy all new stuff, all new stuff while yeah. we wait for our stuff cause it's coming. So I remember sleeping in the sleeping bag for like the first four months that we were there. I feel like that stuff always happens. Like we, in the group that Tara and I are in here, there's a poor girl that we're all just bringing all of our stuff together because her stuff's just not going to get here. It's just stuck somewhere right now. So, uh, so we, uh, our first move, uh, we got married and he had to go train in Virginia. And that's when I, I ended up having our son while he was training in Virginia. But we, he came over here uh, before me and I moved over here with our infant son and our two dogs by myself that was my first flight 
as an adult, I was, my uh, parents were in the Air Force, but, and I was born in England. I don't remember that. We yeah. moved over here when I moved over to the States when I was like two. Um, but yeah, that was my, it was my first time away from home. It was my <laughs> first flight. I was going, I was hysterically crying when that plane took off to the point that the flight attendant came and sat with me and was like I'm so sorry he's like he just kept asking if I was okay and I was like yeah I'm just I'm leaving my mom and (laughs) I was pretty embarrassed by the end of it and at the end he came to help me get my stuff off and he's like wait are you all by yourself and I was like yes and then it just like started all over (laughs) as I'm trying to get off the plane but and then this time we did a lot of prep with the kids beforehand because they knew we had been here and we talked about it a lot, but my son was just, in his mind, we were going to be dropped off in the most remote part of Germany possible. Oh, no. There was going to be no like resemblance of a normal life. No one was going to speak any English. He was so like, even no matter how many times we told him that was not how it was going to work. See, that that, that That's was me. What I was, was just saying. like, how are we supposed to communicate? Like, they're not going to know English or anything <laughs> like that. And um, little did I little did I know that that's actually taught in school. So a lot of people do know how to speak English, um, whether they say they don't <laughs> is is another matter. But yeah. um, <laughs> once once we once we got there and found that, um, because we didn't we um. We actually never lived on installation. Um, the three bases that we lived at overseas, we actually lived within the community and like the little, um, and we were always kind of surrounded by other, a few other military families, but um, make at least two to three other within a couple doors. But it was one of those things where we weren't just on the installation. We were out in the military or into the, in the um, German communities um, which I think helped us adapt a little bit better because we were surrounded by German kids. We, there were American kids there as well, but we were able to kind of get out of that like American bubble. And I don't know necessarily if we would have gotten out of that if we lived on installation. Yeah, I think it's definitely a different experience. I think everybody, everywhere you move, um, and that includes even stateside, it, you're getting a different experience. Every single person will. So some people will hate brag and some won't, but I think that depends on where like the community you live in. Um, I think that living overseas is definitely that you're getting a totally different experience. So when we lived here last time we were on base and we had a lot more friends. I feel like we had a lot more closer connections because they were right next door. We could rely on our neighbors. We could talk and hang out with the people across the way. And so we had a lot more friends but right now I feel like we have a better depth of perception of like what Germany really is living off mm-hmm. most because we have to go to the grocery store that's right here. We, I mean, we can go on base, but it's so pointless for us to drive all the way over there with the parking is the actual nightmare. So there's just no point in us going to base unless we have to go to base. So we have definitely found the point where we have to communicate with our neighbors more. We have to go get things at the stores and figure out where they sell it because all the stores are different than in America, right? Like, the hardware store isn't going to carry the same things that they do at Home Depot. You still have some of the things that we I think will be there. We're like, oh, no, we don't have that here. You need to go to this store. 
because like we were looking for a label maker and we could not find it they're like no you would have to go you need to go to an electronic store it's like why would that not be at home depot like what so you you definitely have to like get into your community more and figure things out when you're out here because yes we can go on base like and we do we do have our community of military friends but you have to find the people in your community locally as well yeah, you have to make, I mean, you have to make the best of it, like get out and explore and, you know, immerse yourself. You can't just, yeah. like, if you just sit at home and not, and not enjoy it, it's not going to be a good experience in, in Europe, Germany, Italy, wherever there's just so much to offer. Um, like if you've listened to the podcast in, in the past, um, you know, that I had, I had a very love hate relationship growing up military, um, mainly because I moved so often. Like I went to a different high school every year. I went from Europe, Texas, Europe, North Carolina. Um, and I absolutely hated it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't exchange all of the things that I got to experience while living overseas. Like all the things I got to see, um, I'm a huge history person. So I really, really enjoyed being able to kind of you know, see all the historical sites and um I mean there's or, castles. Yeah, I feel like, like there's a legit book that you can actually you can like visualize the things yes. that you're reading in a history. Or, book yeah, or especially like especially with like, you know, World War One, World War Two monuments and things like that. And, you know, seeing concentration camps and things like that. Like it puts it into a whole new perspective when you can physically see them and walk through. And I'm a very empathetic person. Like I I I don't know this is weird, but like, I feel like when I go into a place, I can feel the emotions and things like that, that happen in those, those areas. And so, um, it just puts it in a, and I think that's why I love, like, I think that's why I love history so much more was because I got to experience and see those sites in person. Um, and it's, there's just so much to do. Like there really is so much to do, um, overseas I mean there's a lot to do here too but I feel like Europe is so small compared to the United States that it's easier to go travel and see things than it is to say here to go I mean for me to go visit like Yellowstone or a, a another big area like days of travel fly, yeah. or it's days of travel or, you know, it, it just, there's just so, and the cost, and I feel like cost of everything here is so much more than it is overseas. Now it's been, it's been a while since I've been overseas. So that could have changed, but like, I remember traveling for us, like we never got to travel when we lived stateside. We, I think I, we went to Disney right before we moved to Europe the first time. And that was our big family thing that we did with everyone before we moved overseas and that was kind of like the the only like trip I remember taking outside of visiting family. But when we lived overseas, we went to France, we went to Italy, we went to the Netherlands, we went to Belgium, we went to Poland, um, we went to England. Like we got to go to all these amazing places that we probably would have never been able to do stateside, like if we wanted to go on trips. Yeah, I think that's what makes a big difference yeah. is if you travel, because I know last time we were here, we had teeny babies. I had both my kids in Germany and 
they Kira was three by the time we moved. So that tells you that the two of them were under three, teeny tiny, and we didn't travel. And the only times that we did travel, I remember only that. I don't remember being at my house. I don't remember going to silly events that probably happened on base that we went to. Like, I think that you have to take advantage of that. And traveling with kids isn't as hard as people think it is. I think you, a lot of people get here, especially with tiny kids, and they're like, oh, I can't do that with a baby. And that's definitely what we did. We were like, no way. I can't get on the train without my husband with two little kids. No way. And I feel like we wasted so much of our last trip. Yeah. Well, and I think that's just um, I, our mindset too, though, like an American mindset that it's hard to travel with small kids, like young, I yeah, guess. I like that's not, that's, yeah, but there it's doable. And I feel like the culture there is a lot more open to families traveling with children. younger kids. Yeah. Um, where, I don't know. I feel here, like, if you travel with, like, oh, yeah, we're going on this trip, and you're like, oh, you're bringing your infant baby on a plane to go on a trip? Like, are you you get, you get like, a lot more, like, like, you just feel like you have to stay home and nurture, and that's all you can do. Um, I really wish we went overseas when the kids were little. Because, like, Jeremy kept on saying, like, no, 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 let's not go over. Let's wait till they're older so they can remember. And I understand that. But I also, at the same time, I'm like, we could have just done so much fun stuff when the kids were younger. I do think that. I think that they love little kids, um, at least maybe even more now. Oh, yeah. There's so many cool places. Maybe it's just a Stugart thing, but there's like entire coffee shops. Like what we dreamed of, Ashley, in Fayetteville. We exist, have <gasps> Where they just have like a play area and the kids just go play and you sit and drink coffee. And I'm like, but my kids are too old for it. They're all like seven and under. And there's a couple in our town. And I'm like, this would be have been so nice that would have been really nice I um I do remember one very vivid thing and you guys can tell me if this is still something that happens there and this could have just been like just happen in chance but I remember going into toy shops like legit toy shops in Germany and the own and like not just one like this happened a few times but going in and then the owners are like no 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 we don't touch the toys we just look like they didn't like kids coming into a toy store and picking up toys and looking at them or playing with them in the store and I for me I've always just been like oh you go in a toy store like it's very kid friendly like you can pick up a toy see if you like it type of thing um and I remember vividly that being like a really big thing now that was like 25 years ago, guys, 20, 28 years ago. God. Um, so, and I wasn't even like a little kid. Like, like I said, I was middle school, high school. Um, my little sister was elementary school age. Um, but I remember them going like, oh no, we don't touch toys. <laughs> and like, we'd follow you. That's the thing stores. anymore. So we yeah. have a toy store down the street and the kids can, I mean, the toys just are do whatever. Floor, so, I just, yeah. I remember that. And I, and like I said, it wasn't just one time um like it happened several times we were just like what's going on I do feel like as generations are kind of aging out of Germany though it's changed like I think the massive yeah. difference between I lived here last time and now on like how people treat each other and like how people I don't know there's a lot less of the kids need to be seen not heard I feel like the, the kids here are loud and they run around and are kind of crazy so I'm like I don't think that the perception has just changed a lot I think a lot of 
and it's good I think I the grumpiest Germans that I see now are definitely the older people that are like walking yeah. around with their like cranky face so it's like once they age out too you know I think <clears> it's <throat> gonna be a totally different Germany yeah that makes sense the last, the last time we lived here we lived in a really 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 small farming village and when I say village, I mean, that's what it was. It was like maybe 10 rows of houses. We were the only Americans. We weren't very well received. Um, we had a shared driveway with our neighbors and they spoke little English. But when we would be out talking, if someone passed, they would quickly turn around and walk off like mid-conversation. Um, and I think that made... I also, I mean, to be very real, I, I was also in the depths of like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and really struggling with the big move, my husband being gone all the time. And so then we're in this German village where we weren't very accepted. That played such a huge role in my mindset here. I I just wanted to go home. We did no traveling. My husband had, we were on a, we also had a very small base. So to do any training for their deployment coming up, they had to go to Grafenbeer. And so he was gone all the time. So we did nothing. And I went home right before he deployed um, to visit. And I found out I was pregnant with our daughter. So I just, I stayed home for the year. Um, we came back, didn't really have much longer here, but there was something that came over me about two years ago. And I just... I had to get back here. It was all I wanted. I just wanted to be back in Germany. I wanted our kids to experience this. And I kept saying, I want to do it right. I want to have a redo. I want to take advantage of the opportunity. And uh, we we still wanted to live on base. Uh, we had lived on base at West Point. And shout out to West Point and all the people there. Absolutely amazing. If you ever get a chance to be stationed there, take it. Um, but we lived on base there and it was so great to have that community and we had a very bad experience with our last landlord here in Germany so when we came back we were like we are not living on the economy and but I like where we are because I feel like we get such a if you it's like you said it's what you make it so if you take that advantage you get such a good mix of like the on-base community and then I'm so close to town that it's an easy bus ride or U-Bahn to hop on and go to the shops and the mall and the stores and all that. Also, because I don't like to drive. So <laughs> I haven't, uh, <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> so it's just, I, I like where we are out here. And, um, and gosh, I mean, you mentioned it so many times. It's what you make it. And it really is. you have to jump in no matter where you are. I was going to say, no matter where you, you are, whether you're overseas or, or stateside, like if you go to an installation where you are not thrilled about or you're scared or you're hesitant, it, it, it really is so easy. And, you know, you guys had said something about like how when you guys first got there and I definitely feel like I'm hoping it's changed because I do remember when we first moved back there, we, we first moved there in 2000. So my first trip, my first trip to um Europe was we moved in 2000. Um, you gotta think about there's still there were still a lot of people who were around during World War II. You still had a lot of those mixed feelings and things like that. And I feel like as we've gone out of that generation, 
um, and more openness. But I remember like seeing kids do the Hitler sign to me as a child. And um, yeah, so like, you know, you're going to run in like, I mean, I feel like that's just, I mean, you, you have, I mean, it's the same thing as like someone throwing a gang sign here, stateside, like, you know, you're still going to have those incidences and you want to, um, don't let it ruin your experience. Like, you know, there are, there are always good, there's always bad people, but then there's always the good. There's always the people who want to yeah. welcome you and make you feel part of the community. Um, you just have to find your tribe. You have to find your people. Um, it, it is harder. I feel like, especially when we live on the economy, because my kids can't speak to the children because they're not, they don't really learn English until like fourth or fifth grade. And so that's kind of where my kids are. They're in sixth and third grade <laughs> homeschool. So it's like, I don't know what grade he's at somewhere in there. And so they have a hard time, like it just in the like public making friends. And it also comes down to, we're all totally different culture, right? Like, so German yeah. kids are very different. We talk about that in our homeschool group, like how they, a lot of people have encountered like bullying and like that is just a normal culture thing though for Germans. They're not as like uppity about it as Americans are and the kids work their shit out together. But coming from America, my kids don't know what to do in that situation. So they don't really just walk away because they're like, I, they didn't want to play with me. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I know. So, but we also were able to find our community because we found a neighbor across the street who was friendly enough to talk to us and kind of told us about things that we didn't know about. And there's a gym down the street that we weren't aware of that they meet and they go once a week down there. They walk by themselves down there now and they're super comfortable with it and they love all the kids there. And they've learned a lot of German because they have to listen to instructions in German. Their friends have learned more English because they want to talk to them there. So they have actually made friends with some of the locals and it, it's hard though. I do think that that's one of the biggest things for bringing kids overseas is the age difference. It depends on what age they are because when they're little, it's easy. They can go to the playground and they play. They don't need to talk. There doesn't, there doesn't need to be a language, but my kids are middle, like middle-aged, middle school almost age. And it's kind of like, oh, well, we're kind of, we want to make friends that we can communicate and talk to and hang out with outside of the house because she's always like that. I want to make some friends that I can go down to the pool with. I'm like, well, you better talk to them more at the gym because I can't make your friends for you at this age. It's not, that's not normal, especially in Germany where like <laughs> the kids are super independent. I can't just go up to some like sixth grader at the park and be like, hey, this is my daughter and this is what she likes. Do you like the same thing? Like that, that's not normal. Um, so it's been interesting for her, I think, because she is a really quiet person. So she making really those quiet. friendships has been kind of hard. Um, that's why we do appreciate our military community. They still have those friends too. So, well, and you guys are in like a little bit of a like because you because you do homeschool, they don't have that opportunity to meet friends in a school setting. Um, I definitely feel like that is easier. Um, I went to the DoD schools when we were overseas. Um, and even though I had a few friends that were within the German community, like I remember being really good friends with some girls from um, Norway who lived in my neighborhood um, at our um, second base. So we had a couple friends that we would like hang out with after school um, type of thing. But it wasn't most of most of our friends were from the school, the DOD school. Yeah, they definitely make friends differently in homeschool. I think it is still feels a lot like we are setting up play dates for our kids um, when we do the homeschool things because it's like hey, we're going to go do this thing. Can you bring your kids? Because my kids want to hang out with some other kids their age. And it does feel like play dates, but you also but I, kind I of get to like remember. decide who your kids are friends yeah. with too, which is 
nice. But I also remember having so much more freedom while living overseas than I did stateside. So like, you know, I remember, you know, my parents being like completely fine dropping me off in middle school to hang out at the skating rink all by myself, like without supervision, like, you know, or being allowed to walk down, you know, several blocks to the bakery by myself to go get something at the bakery. Like there was no worry, no major worry of, you know, of something really bad happening. Um, Now, granted, like, I also feel like that just depends on your child's, you know, maturity levels, maturity and things like that. Like they wouldn't let my little sister do it, but she could come along with us. Um, Now, granted, like I said, I was there middle school and two years of high school, but like in high school, I had more freedom over there. Like I moved back. I remember moving back my senior year in high school and having like a curfew and all this other stuff. And I remember having sitting my mom down going like, why, why do I have a curfew now when I didn't have one last year? I was able, I was allowed, you, you allow, you let me go to a bar in Europe, but I can't go to a party. Isn't that funny? Like the freedom level is so different. And, and my mom made valid we points. Come all the, we comment all the time about the young kids just hopping on the bus. And like, I mean, this girl across from us, judging by her school papers in her hand, she had to be first grade. Yeah. And she just hopped on the bus, knew where to get off, knew where to. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm on my phone tracking every stop on the bus <laughs> to make sure that I'm on the right track. And she's just like. But it's just part of life there. It's just going. what they knew from the very beginning. Um. And I I just think it's a great opportunity to a show your kids that there are other lifestyles out there. This is, there's other cultures, there's other, um, like, honestly, it shaped who I am today. Like I, like I said, I complained and complained and complained growing up, but (laughs) I like looking back, I fully appreciate everything that I got to do and very specifically being able to live overseas and being able to, you know, immerse myself in the culture and be able to experience and see other hardships because I mean I got to appreciate what we have in America as well as also be like and I don't like that I rather adopt this lifestyle or culture from this from you know where I learned this from and it I don't know I feel like it just made me well more well-rounded and I don't think I would be the person I am today if I hadn't had those experiences. Yeah, I see it a lot, especially in Kira now. Like she's been here for, we've been here for a year. And so it was fifth and sixth grade. And she's at the age where she's very influenced by other people, right? Like in things that people are saying. And if she were to be at public school, I know that she would be whatever her best friend wanted to do would be what she'd be doing. But I see so much more maturity in her now though, though, because she'll be like, I was like, oh man, I don't have this ingredient. She's like, that's okay. I'll run down to Aldi and get it for you. I'm like, that's so cool to think that my sixth grader is like, I'll just run to the grocery store. It's no big deal. And she's so confident. Yeah. She's gained so much confidence in the fact that I love she doing has that freedom. Yeah. yeah. The freedom brings a lot of confidence to your kids and she's they've matured a lot. And now like in the past, we've tried to enforce like chores and it was always this big fight. Now that's just like, okay, these are your things you do each day. We all are contributing to living here. They're, they're so much more independent. Which is weird to think of like, you know, a third grader and a sixth grader having independence and being like interested in that. But they know that if they do their things, then yeah, sure. You guys can go up to the park by yourself. That's fine. It's it's only like four blocks away. If you guys want to go spend an hour at the park, they know that they'll get their independence and their like freedom to do whatever they want by earning it too. So that's been really, really nice. Yeah. 
we've only been here since July, but I see this growth and change in my children too. I mean, my, uh, my son is, he has generalized anxiety and ADHD. So seeing, which is a big contributing factor to why we homeschool, seeing his growth from like the first time we took public transportation of just the fear and stiffness in his body to now he's like kicked back on the train, just like on his phone and, and going up and ordering ice cream at weather at the pool and being able to do it. And they're broken, but their effort in trying German. Uh, it's such a hard language. <laughs> it, it, it is. I guess there's just a lot to memorize and it's a, uh, it's just it's so different from language. English. It's not a pretty language. It's a lot of grunt. Like, I feel like it's a lot of not grunting, but like a lot of like noises. I don't know. I hate <laughs> it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I it's, absolutely it's hard. Hate it. yeah. it's hard because it's not grammatically the same as English in any way. Yeah. So it's like, why does that word go in the middle of the sentence? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or it changes depending on yes. like if it's a she or, or a he or she or it, <laughs> I like I, I I think I like when I say I hate it taking German, I took it for the entire time we lived there. I lived there for five years. Um I I I could not I I think I've literally blacked it out um I <laughs> I have my kids doing it now too so they're probably gonna feel always, the same way one day I could always read it I could always read it really yeah. well um but speaking it I was just like mm, I'm gonna butcher this and I, See, I mean I, I butcher American words all the time so I think it's just a me thing but I, I don't, I by no means fluent, but I can get by and I can sit down at a table and say what we're, we're going to do and the order it's going to go in. Da, da, da. But then as soon as they speak back to me, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's, it's like, I'm sorry. I'm such an imposter. I don't, I don't know German. I, just I know it's kind of the worst when you've started I'm... to like <laughs> learn how to say the things. And then they're like, oh no, she knows German. And they, then you're like, ah, no, we're yeah. just kidding. <laughs> I found a point where I I feel like when they start talking, I get like 60% of what they're saying. So I can kind of understand and nod along, but I still know I'm missing information where I'm like, okay, well, I understood this was there and that was that, but what were we supposed to do in between? (laughs) Like I I missed a whole level of that instruction. Or like at first, (laughs) or like at first when I first went to the stores and I knew, I knew my cadence. I knew that I'd walk up, I'd say, hello. I would say, I was paying with my card. I would say no, because they'd ask if I want a receipt. And I'd say, thank you and leave. If they deterred from that and asked me a different question, I don't know because I'm just answering you as I know what we're supposed to be saying to each other. So you could ask me if I'm having a good day. I think you're asking me if I want a receipt. And I'm just like, no, nine. (laughs) And like, out I go. Because that's, I knew that was the rhythm that we went. (laughs) Yeah. It is very entertaining. That's probably one of the hardest things. Like my brother's in Italy and he cannot pick it up. He cannot pick it up. And I don't know any. So when we go to restaurants, they're like, here, at least I know like how to say I would like, and then I can read it off the menu there. I'm just like that, (laughs) just point at it. Like whatever that is, that's what I want. (laughs) I feel like we're scaring people who are listening. I I, I just want to say that I feel like even though English is not like a common language, it's still well enough known, or at least one person within an establishment knows enough to help you. 
Um, I don't ever remember going into a place and it just being like, oh, we can't help you. Like we can't, you speak English. We don't understand you. You can't understand us. You have to leave. Like there, there there was always, there was, I felt like there was somebody there that could it falls back into that like wanting to blend in thing like with the vehicles it's the same thing like you we want to learn some german so that you don't stand out because i hate when i go there's a couple restaurants here that are very very populated with americans eating there like show book and i hate when i'm sitting there and you can just hear this loud american table i don't want to be that like right i just want to be culturally assimilated to be the point where like i can be similar to the people that are eating around me yeah that's fair and respectful and respectful like I I I'm here and I want to make the effort to know your language and know your culture and know your history and your traditions and I so I want to put in that effort and it's so funny because like we said there are some that are like oh she knows German let me speak to her and then there's some that as soon as I open my mouth they're like I speak English what do you need and I'm like okay oh, thank yeah. you. Listen. <laughs> they're like you tried we get it don't try again that was awful <laughs> it also feels like such a good accomplishment when they do think you're German like it's such an accomplishment <laughs> I think in my family when we go out people think that I am the German wife with my husband and kids because they'll <laughs> when they're talking because I speak a lot more German than they do so when they're talking they'll talk just to me and then if I don't understand and I'm sitting there like oh no I don't know what they want us to do because nobody else is gonna help me because they all think I'm German it's like this is it's an accomplishment it- but very horrifying <laughs> There's enough hand motions and gestures that we can get by to. I mean, I was very confused on a, on a U-Bahn one day and um, I asked a couple groups, you know, I always say like, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm working on my German. Do you speak English? And I, I have that line down in German. And um, so like three or four groups of young people ignored me. They didn't even look up at their phones or they looked at me and just turned around. And this older gentleman stepped forward and I was like, just trying to show them my phone. I was like, just, just let me point and see if I'm on the right track. And I pointed to it and he said, yes. And he said the number of the train and pointed to where it would go. And I got down to that train platform and I looked back at him and gave me a thumbs up. And then the train came and I I looked up at him and he pointed to the train and nodded. (laughs) We got on the train. I looked at him and he gave me like the biggest wave and smile. And I was just like, thank you. And it was just nice. The kids seeing me. Yeah. And the kids seeing me come out of that comfort zone and be able to go ask for help and try to speak in German. Again, it helps them to gain that confidence that they can do it too. And they'll go do it and they'll try. And I just like seeing them come out of their shells so much and, and try something that's scary and, and speak to a stranger that, you know, doesn't speak their language and doesn't have their same traditions, but we can, we can try and learn something while we're doing it. Right. You really open their belief system, their their knowledge of what other people do by moving overseas with your kids, because now they're like, oh, well, we're always going to want to celebrate Fashing. Whether we celebrate that at other places, we've learned that this is why they do it. This is cool. My kids love Fashing. Mm-hmm. Like that's coming up. I don't know if you have been to any of their Fashing parades here, but it's coming up soon. And that they're just super excited. That's like their favorite time of year is like, oh, we go to parades like every weekend. People are dressed as witches <laughs> and evil things. And it's just so much fun. And like, yeah. That was my, my favorite, my absolute favorite thing about living overseas was just how much stuff there was to do on the weekends, whether it was the parades for one of the holidays or a medieval festival or, you know, Oktoberfest or just whatever it was. There's just, 
so much to do and there's never a like you know like here I feel like what are we gonna do like there's nothing like there's not really anything going on but like when we lived overseas there was always like oh well this weekend you know Otterbach is having their medieval like festival we'll go there and then next weekend is you know Kaiser's Lauder or like whatever like you know we always were just like everywhere and it was just so much Mm -hmm. fun there's so much culture like and especially when you go to other countries your kids are learning about people that they would never experience in America like there's you don't run into Spanish people you don't run into French people like that's not something that you really run into when you're in the states everybody's there's kind castles. of yeah I'm castles. sorry but again there are castles like legit yeah. castles everybody and that's um, cool history that class like-, like just going in there and reading the signs like oh this is what the queen's chamber looks like this is the waiting area mm-hmm. like so like, cool we- like living stateside and stuff like prior to moving overseas you know you 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 had your normal history classes you know you read books you've seen movies you've not you've never been able to experience any of those things and like I said it's just it it just makes everything so different and so much more real when you can when you can see things in real life like we all know there's kings there's been kings and queens you know, throughout history, still till this day, who lived in castles. But none of us Americans have seen a castle. No. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm very stuck on the castle because I remember being a kid going like, this <laughs> is so cool that I got to go see all these really cool castles. I mean, and there's castles that are still like, you know, decorated to how they would have looked back in the time that they, you know, were reigning. There are castles that are more of ruins where you can just go in and explore and those were always my favorite where you could just kind of like find all the hidden passages and you know go down and explore into the into them um and that was just so cool to do as a kid our first year homeschooling uh one of our lessons was on Pompeii and my son is like you Ashley it's huge history buff and so is my husband and so when we first started studying Pompeii my son became obsessed and I promised him if we ever get back to Europe we will take you to Pompeii Pompeii was our first trip when we moved here and it was like watching him like fangirl over some celebrity as he walked into Pompeii the he was just beyond himself and he's like this is real like this happened here this is real I am touching it and like it he he couldn't just can't fathom. I don't want to say yeah. you couldn't. Yeah, you that that yeah. was me with Normandy Beach. So um that was me and my dad at Normandy Beach. Um we took a huge trip and did kind of all of that area touring. <clears throat> um, like went to St. Michelle and then we did Normandy Beach and all that area. And I remember, I mean, I was in high school when we went on that trip. I was a freshman in high school, so I had already been learning more and more about you know World War II history and stuff just in school. And when I found out we were going on this trip, I did even more like reading on it. And we went, me and my dad were just like, oh, and that's where that is. And that's where that was. And it was just so cool. Um, And that was just one. I mean, there's so many other really cool, like historical uh, historical sites throughout Europe um, that, you know, are less known about, but um, it, it was just so cool. And I hope we're doing whoever, Normandy this summer. We're all yeah, excited. I love it. I, I want to take, well, Jeremy went, Jeremy's gone to a couple of different places um, over the last couple of years, but like, it was really fun to kind of like 
talk to him about it on his trips because I had already been but we've already keep, we've already talked about like how like we want to take a family trip so we can kind of go overseas and show the kids stuff too but it was um it's just it's so cool um yeah I mm-hmm. kind of feel like America is like the white bread and being able to go out into the wheat bread of the world like there's so much different culture in the other parts of the world even if it's you can go to Mexico or you can go to Canada oh, yeah there's just such a different culture I feel like I don't know what it is I love America and I love the like it's all very simple no matter what state you go to everything is kind of across the board it's all going to be very similar no matter where you go but there's just something lacking until you move to these countries and you like kind of see how the different communities interact with each other and like how there's just so much more culture and more holidays and more things that they do for holidays because I feel like in America we have fourth of July and it's just fireworks and then that's it yeah yeah they're all kind of very similar celebrated and it's just I mean Europe goes huge on Christmas and it's not just Germany Germany's like majorly into it but all of the countries and I've being here this time, I've seen that more, like seeing that England has a huge Christmas tree that everywhere all across France, Spain, like they all have such cool traditions that they do at Christmas time. And it's not just buy everything and stick it under your tree and see who can have the highest pile of presents. And I think it's getting out there and you're never going to regret the travels. And, you know, I have family coming over uh, in April that haven't been over this way. And I'm and I, and I, they want to come here and they want to do all the things. And I, I wish I could take them to do all the things while they're here. Um, because it is an expensive trip to get over here. Mm-hmm. But, and, and there's so many that, that are afraid. I see it on the spouses pages, you know, that are afraid to get stationed overseas, but just experience just it. I mean, yeah. experience it and, and dive in and, like I said, at our first time, I have so many regrets, but I, I can't help where I was in my mindset at that time of life. And um, I'm very thankful that we got a second opportunity and to bring our kids here and to show them everything and to see it through their eyes too. Um, Which is so cool. Like I feel said, like as strap the kids, those babies yeah, like seeing my kids learn and see things and like experience it, I think is way cooler than if I had just experienced it alone like we went to Montenegro and just like being on top of the mountains and seeing the fjords and all that stuff and it was just like really really cool for me but the kids were like this is so cool and they got pet cats I mean there was cats everywhere and there's like all these things that you don't just find in other places that you go and I think that I would absolutely have regretted if we hadn't taken this trip with them even with the little ones like you guys said strap them on and the baby carrier and you know, they're not going to remember it, but you're still going to have so many memories with them that you're able to share with them and tell them. Yeah, and, because we look back at the you know, pictures with Kira when she was little and like we didn't travel much. Like we would do like go to Edelweiss, right? So it's like traveling from one American place to another American place, right? <laughs> but but the pictures of like the mountains with her in the background and going up to the castle with her, like those few little things we did are the only things we remember from that trip is because we did go out and see the things that we haven't seen in life. And your, your brain just is like, Oh, I remember that. I'm going to absorb that. They're not going to, yeah. you're not going to remember sitting in front of Netflix. You're going to be like, Oh, well, we probably did a lot of Netflix. I don't remember, <laughs> but it's funny also, cause I'm yeah, so used it's... to Europe. Now the big next thing on our thing is my husband wants us to go to Japan. And so it's like, I have that same fear of like, what is that even going to be like? I have never been to Asia. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I don't know what that feels like. And there you can't blend in, which I'm so used to here, like being able to just kind of blend in there. I'm going to be very obvious as to who I am. So it's, 
I, I understand I the fear. I've never heard a negative thing. Me neither. I guess everything about living in, yeah. No. And our first move here was, a, it was such a culture shock. And I, or I repeat it again, I can't help where I was in that mind space. I was also very young. And so I knew what to expect coming this time, but Korea was on our list too. And I was like, wait, no, I have mentally prepared for a different kind of culture. Hold on. Right. I need to like reset. And I mean, either way, I would have been happy just because of what we get to show the kids and the life they get to live. But I've never heard anyone being disappointed uh, with Japan either or Korea. And yeah, I, you still get to experience a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good rule of thumb no matter where you go, because we've talked about this in the past, too, where like, you know, coming from West Coast to East Coast can be kind of a culture shock as well. Like kind of just going yeah. in with an open mindedness of it's going to be different. It not it will be different from what you are used to. Um, and there's going to be things that are different. There's going to be things that you are so used to having that are not going to be available or maybe available, but maybe outside of your scope to have, whether it's cost or um, manpower or whatever it may be. It's going to be different. It's going to be a shock. Um, but the best way to handle that is to kind of go in with an open mindedness and then kind of just be, I don't know, flexible. Like you have to kind of go with the flow and kind of figure out what's what's going to work for you. Um, like I remember living overseas and my parents decided that we were not going to have cable when we lived overseas. Um, we had, um, We had our VHS tapes. That's all we had for um like videos at home now I remember going to like my friend's house and getting to watch like the AP's networks when because they had that or um watching like German TV at like a German like one of my our German parents but like my parents made that decision like you know what we're gonna we're gonna get rid of that and that was a decision our family had made and um it was fun because we had we did other things but then at the same time I remember being like so lost on like American like pop culture of like what was happening because I hadn't seen anything that was on TV in like five years. I also think um, that's kind of just the distance. Like I we're headed back to the States at the end of the month and just visit. And I can tell you there's probably some things that are so massively different that I just don't know. Like I am on social media and you see a lot of that stuff, yeah. but a lot you don't. And so I know- see, But that wasn't, social media wasn't around when I was overseas. Yeah. So that was, I will say though, that I feel like there's so many better ways for military kids to still be connected with their friends nowadays than there was when I was little. Like the only way for me to contact or stay connected with my fam- my friends was really to write a letter. Um, we could call, but because of the time difference and all that kind of stuff, it was just really, really hard to do. And no one had cell phones. So like, you just had to hope that they were at home to pick up their like landline. And um, so, you know, when I lived over there, it was if I wanted to stay in contact with any friends, it was write letters. So it, I really didn't stay in contact with a lot of friends um, when we lived overseas, um, just because it, it just didn't happen back then for me. But like, I feel nowadays it's a lot easier because there is social media. There are um, Skype or not Skype anymore, but Zoom and Face Facebook Messenger and iPhone. Um, 
So yeah. hopefully my kids use bad. the kids messenger. It kind of ran out. Like it's something we can't really use in Germany for some reason after a certain time you've been here. I don't know. Germany's pretty weird about their things like that. But then it, also like my kids don't, they do, they did lose contact with most of their friends. It's just kind of at that age, you either, mm-hmm. they're either my friend's kids. So then in that case, they of course still like see pictures of them and stuff, but the friends that they'd made previous homeschool groups or other school it just it doesn't exist anymore and that, that's unfortunate but like I think that's also kind of the military life when you move yeah. it depends on how much effort the parents are willing to put into keeping those friendships for those kids too yep and I mean my son has the gaming and and things like that and uh he keeps up with a lot of friends that way and they got phones when we got over here um and which I didn't really super want, but <laughs> but they got him. It was easy to keep in touch with them because we had like a gab phone in the States, but it doesn't work over here. So we gave them our old phones uh, when we came over and uh, they've kept in touch with some friends that way. And uh, family, it helps them be able, because they're old enough now to, if they want to text grandma, they can text grandma. They don't need to come and do it through me. So that's been nice for them. And, and like you said, it's, I think that was a big, uh, that was part of, part of our biggest adjustment is coming over and them losing those friends and having a hard time, uh, with the time difference to communicate with those friends. Uh, my son, when, uh, when he was first starting to make friends here, that was our big thing is all of his friends on the East coast that are homeschooled were getting up about the time all his friends here were getting out of school. So he had such a hard time. It's like, do I go outside and play with these friends or do I stay inside and game and play with my friends on the East coast? So he was really torn then. And that was probably one of our big, big kid adjustments was that not having that readily available little system of friends to talk to at any time. So, but They've now come into their little groups here, and, uh, which has been harder than I thought it would be with living on base. That's a whole different topic though, but. <laughs> yeah. So as we like to end our episodes, we kind of ask our guests what their um, advice to another military spouse would be. It doesn't have to be specifically on like living overseas, but just something that after 14 years of experience of being in the military, like what would be the biggest advice you have towards another military spouse? Oh man. Um, I think it all kind of links in, you know, of um, diving in. I know it doesn't work for everyone. I'm pretty extroverted. Um, So I tend to get into a place and I'm able to just jump right in and and find a group, find some friends, get out there. but even if it's it's not socially, if it's just getting out there with your 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 family and your your spouse and your children, uh, explore explore the towns, um, and and get to know it. I mean, we one of the places we were stationed has now become what we consider home. It's where we'll go back to. We're from Georgia, Virginia is where we'll go back to because we dove in, we fell in love with the area and that's where our heart is now. So uh, you don't have to necessarily put, we call everything, you know, home for now. And Mm -hmm. that's the best way to do it is, is make it home for now. Find your favorite coffee shop, find your favorite park and, 
don't just dread it. You know, a lot of people dread Fort Bragg. A lot of people dread Fort Bragg when they get that on their orders. I it's loved it every time. Bad. I that. <laughs> it's really not that it's bad. It's not. I loved it. I loved it. We, you know, we had our favorite coffee shops. We had our favorite gymnastics gym and sports team and and, and you you learn club. where where to avoid and that there yeah, are places I mean, in Bragg yeah. to avoid. <laughs> I, I every guess place, like every every place. installation is going to have its bad parts. It's it's a military community they are not set up in the yeah. nice spritzy areas it's they're set up in areas that can sustain a lot of people um and so yeah, yeah brag has its downfalls so does a lot of other installations there's just i mean brag isn't just such a unique spot like you know you're close to the beach close to the mountains there's just so much to do in that short area and um and I say this, I'm like complaining about Bragg for the longest time because like, you know, yes, if you're in the 82nd, you're in a very weird chart of history right now where you are in Busy. a IRF cycle and it sucks. But you know what? Again, that's what your soldier signed up to do. And unfortunately, if you support your soldier, you are also supporting what they're training to do. And that's typically for deployment so um yeah. I and I they're not that. any happier doing it than you are <laughs> oh yeah I mean well some might be happy to <laughs> go on deployments all the time but you know it's one of those things where you have to make the best of where you go if you are if you're gonna yeah. only um focus on the negative you're only gonna see the negative you won't see the good the positive um all the really cool unique things about every installation and I really encourage everyone who's listening no matter where you go to find those hidden gems find those really unique mom and pop shops that are I mean especially veteran owned um, or military owned there's going to be so many businesses that are owned by other military people um that are just super cool little spots that you know find them and and, and make them your spots as well yeah, do they, they have become... a local baseball team? Go yeah. to the games. Go, you know, oh, and then yeah, like that whole that that whole new baseball stadium and everything there is just super cool. Like that, like the whole yeah. downtown. Like if you've been at Bragg before, if you've been to Bragg like twenty years ago, thirty years ago, um, and you knew that that was downtown was a a hard no. You do not go down there. I remember my my dad, like when he was stationed there, I was telling him, he called me one day and I was downtown. He's like, what are you doing downtown? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not like, the same place. don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's not what it was like when you were stationed here back in the, you know, early nineties. Um, Downtown Fayetteville is like the popping spot now. Like it's got all these super cute stores. It's got the baseball stadium. Um all these really nice restaurants there's just so much going on down there and there's and there's there's so much going on in that area um that you know you just have to get out and find it right um, but, which is the hard part because there's just so much information yeah and that takes the whole conversation full circle I mean we started out with like it wherever you move is going to be what you make it right so just mm -hmm. make it what it is but I also taking it back to the kids to kind of end this is also, your attitude is going to make a huge difference on how they enjoy where you live, too. So if you're talking about how you hate being overseas or you can't understand the culture, then, well, they're not going to have fond memories of it either because kids are little sponges, yeah. even through high school. So, I mean, 
make it and then you have to fake it like make it good for yeah family. that's what I was going to say it's not to take away from the fact that this is hard and moving is hard and adjusting is hard you're allowed to have those feelings you're allowed to feel those things but you can't stay in them you have yep. to you have to accept what this is branch out get out there and and make it great <laughs> My high will. school principal yeah. used to say, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. Is. Absolutely. That is so, that's a good way to end this. Um, thank you for coming on, Tara. I know that you were a little nervous about Thanks doing it. Thanks for having me. That's a great perspective. Um, so we will see everybody later. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. And like we like to say, rock up, buttercup. <laughs>